Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us is Miss Amy Marshall of Berkshire Fitness and Wellness Center coming to you from Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Amy, how are you today? What's going on? I'm doing great, Joe. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you here, and I can't wait to to pick your brain and see what sort of wisdom we can extract when it comes to running a business in this crazy, crazy industry that we chose to be in. Before we do that, Amy, I am a big believer in context, and so... For the people who aren't familiar with this business, with what you do, give us a quick elevator pitch. What is this gym about? The gym is about family and friends and community. So we are small enough like a boutique type of gym, not a big box gym. And each room is individualized. One for aerobic classes, the next for a full fitness center, multi-purpose with spinning TRX, a separate room for Pilates reformers. And in the basement, we do our boot camps. Yeah. And so a number of different ways in which we can help people. And there's a couple of different aspects of this. Like I said, we'll dig into it here as things go on. Talk to us a little bit about when this all got started. When did you open up your doors and, and what was really the goal for you in opening this business? Well, we opened Berkshire Fitness and Wellness Center about five years ago. And as many of us know, we probably worked at every fitness center that there is in our area. And after about 38 years from running from gym to gym to client to client, kind of woke up one day and said, I need to be in one place. Maybe it's about time I venture out on my own. And the opportunity was presented to me at the right time. I was with the right people at the right place. And we opened up in 2017. Okay. And so not a newbie to owning your own business at this point. You've got a couple of years under your belt. What's been your favorite part about owning your own business so far? And then on the flip side of that... What's been the most challenging part about owning your own business so far? Well, what I like the most about it is that I get to make my own decisions. So if people come to me and say they would like to see something else on the schedule, if it works out for all, we can go ahead and do that. If we need to add equipment, we can look at the finances. We ultimately can make our own decisions without going through a channel of people. I love seeing people coming in and enjoying themselves and having fun and sweating and grunting, but at the end of the day, just enjoying themselves. What has been the hardest, as I think we all know, and I'm sure we will get into, is COVID. Is owning a business, not expecting something like a pandemic to pop up shortly after we have opened. So that was a difficult time. Well, we got through it. I think right now the most difficult point is getting people back in to the gym. However, we have become a hybrid facility, so that has helped us a great deal. 
Yeah. And so define that a little bit for me, because I think that hybrid term gets thrown around in our industry and has come to mean a few different things to depending on the people using it. What does that hybrid mean for you? Hybrid means that you have as a member and or a client, the option to come in for personal training or to participate in a group class, or you may do it through Zoom. And all of our classes are live, so it can help the members stay with their regular program of the time of day that they like to work out. Nothing is on demand. Everything is live. Got it. Okay. And so I assume that came about because of the pandemic, like you're saying. And so you guys continue to offer that today. Is that right? That is correct. So as soon as everybody else with the P word, we pivoted and went directly onto hybrid onto Zoom. And at that point, there was no hybrid because we were all shut down for what, three months. So everything was hybrid, personal training, all of our classes. Even when we were allowed to go outside, we also took the camera outside the computer and did classes virtually and or live outdoors. And then we moved back indoors and some people were still not sure they wanted to come back into the gym because we kind of got a bad rap that that's the place you're gonna get COVID. So we worked through that. And of course now where we live in Massachusetts, we have snow. So if there's a snowstorm, people don't have to miss their appointments. They can still do it on Zoom. The yep. price of gas is, the, the gas nowadays, too expensive. People don't have to travel. They can stay home and do it on Zoom. Yeah. And so a number of ways that we can help people. And at the same time, it gives you the leeway that we aren't geographically tied anymore. Realistically, you could serve somebody no matter where they are, provided they have an internet connection. Is that right? That is correct. And we have obtained quite a few members from Florida, from Canada. So we really, it's, it's just an amazing tool to be able to reach out to so many more people. Yep. And, and so I think it's worthwhile at least to sort of get a breakdown here. We've sort of touched on and danced around it, but give us sort of a, a rundown of the services that you guys have available if I'm to walk through your doors today? What we would offer you are many, many options on memberships, personal training, and group training. So we do offer one month, three months, five months, six months, and a year membership, which includes everything in our facility, meaning all the classes, whether it be virtual or live, and the use of the fitness center. We do have packages for group personal training, two or more people. We do private Pilates. We do private yoga, which are a different price than general personal training. We yeah. have half hours and hour appointments. Yeah. And so a number of different services, if you were to estimate sort of the, the ratio or the percentage split of which of those are most popular. Give us sort of a ranking of where we have the most people. You mean in regards to the memberships or just doing personal training? Yeah, in terms of like 50% of our business is group classes, 25% of our business is PT, 25, what are, like how does that break down by service? And it depends upon the season. 
Okay. So moving in, in the Berkshires, moving into the summer, one can be pretty, pretty um, overloaded with personal training. I see. So at this point in the summer, I'd say maybe 60, 40. And then off season, you know, it group classes are going to be more popular. I see. Than personal training, but it's still popular, but it flips around the other way. Yeah. And so when I speak to business owners in somewhat seasonal areas like this, typically revenue goes pretty high through three or four months of the year and then drops down through the other eight or so months. I would assume that we have some room for growth in terms of membership the rest of that year. Is that right? Correct. I want to, I want to pick your brain on what's been working for you in terms of marketing and lead generation to try to stabilize that membership a little bit. How are you guys generating interest in people joining in the first place? Well, first of all, I think the variety of classes that we offer on our schedule is very appetizing to many people. We have 54 classes on our schedule a week, including Saturday and Sunday, that there's so many options that fit almost everybody's schedule. So that is one reason why we get a lot of members. Two, our fitness center is fully equipped, but it's more of a boutique-ish kind of setting. So many people of all different lives feel very comfortable coming in there. Okay. okay. So how do we get more people in there? Well, we market schools. So we have a corporate membership. I see. Okay. So we will reach out to the different superintendents in the schools just when the school season starting, like in September, to say that we offer these um, corporate memberships. So we go to each school district and they'll send out emails to all the teachers. And it doesn't have to be teachers. It can be cafeteria workers. It can be admin, but they send it to everyone that works for that school system. A schedule, our rates, our email, our, our phone number in case anybody has any questions. And that's always been great because, you know, you have friends and they come in together. And that's what keeps them going, is if you're going, I'll go. So that's one way we do it. Two, pretty much any time that there is an event going on, we definitely get involved some way, somehow, so that we can get our website linked up to their website. We also go to physical therapists and offer free weeks for their people to come and try us out. When I say their people, meaning maybe it's their secretary, maybe it's the physical therapist themselves. So they can see what we offer, whether it be in yoga and Pilates. So they can see if they should send their clients our way for personal training and or group X. Yeah. So we work with them. Um, again, putting out free weeks. Sure. You know, and so it sounds like, I don't mean to interrupt you, I apologize. It sounds like more organic sort of pounding the pavement, right? Getting out into the community and, and going the relationship route. Have you guys considered at any point 
spending some money or doing some formal advertising to get into maybe some demographics that you haven't formally served? Well, we have done that in the past and we keep track of how much revenue we get back from doing that advertisement. We have done radio. We have done the, what we call here, the Berkshire Eagle, the local newspaper. We have also have done the Jewish Federation newspaper. So we've tried different avenues to see what comes back to us the most. And at this point of time, the only thing that we really get a lot of revenue from is attending events. Like what just happened last weekend was known as Berkshire Pride. Mm -hmm. So over 120 vendors. So there's a lot of people that attended. We've already had about 20 people walk through our door from Saturday's event. Yeah. And, and so we do, we've been able to, to generate some interest that way. Mm -hmm. Let me ask the question this way, because I think this is important to, to sort of frame the reference point. How much room for growth do we have? Well, based on our occupancy, so we don't get in trouble, uh, plenty of room to grow. Yeah. I see every everybody I meet is a potential member. Sure. And let's get them in there. Yeah. So plenty of ways to, or, or re, we have room to put people, assuming we can get in front of them. And, and so potentially at some point, expanding into other sort of marketing strategies may be a worthwhile thought, at least. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yes, we we do use social media. Yeah. Uh, well, I yeah, I think that's that's almost that's a prerequisite to be in fitness at this point. If if we're if I'm somebody looking for a gym or looking for a certain type of studio, I'm probably going to a handful of places. And it's Facebook, it's Instagram, it's Google. Yes. And if I can't find you on those, I'm probably going to go somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? Right. Correct. And the newest. Um, advertising, if you want to say that just came out, is that now realtors are putting together flyers for the new homeowners. So when mm -hmm. they sell a house, they have a packet. Yeah. And we are in those packets. Sure. And, and so, Amy, to expand a little bit on the social media part of this, because I think that's important here, who's running that inside your business? Is that you or are you outsourcing this to somebody else? It is myself. Yeah. How has that, how has that experience been? Because I, I've talked to a lot of gym owners who struggle with it. I've talked to a lot of gym owners who absolutely love it for what it is. Where do you fall on that spectrum? I really enjoy doing it. However, I don't think I'm doing it enough because I just don't have the time. So that's, I, a, that's an incredibly important point here is ROI can be managed or measured in a number of ways and, and time and effort are certainly an input on that. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I would need to hire somebody just to do social media. Yeah. And, and so the time availability factor is pretty tight. Let me ask you this. Are you coaching a majority of these classes? Do we have other people other trainers, other staff helping us out? Or is a lot of this falling to you? A lot of the classes are done by myself. And most of the personal training is done by myself. I do have 
about four people that will teach classes. However, as we all know too, from COVID, I can't find any help. Right. Okay. That's something that everybody in the industry is struggling with right exactly. now at least. Exactly. And I think, you know, someone said to me at one point that if you're going to open up your own gym, you have to be the face of your gym because that's why people are going there is because of you. Yep. So if I start outsourcing my classes, people may not continue to come. Sure. Potentially. And so to play devil's advocate here at the, for a moment, at least, if everything is sort of run through you, we run into this sort of issue, right? You're, the, the bottleneck is you don't have any more time in your day, right? You have the same 24 hours everybody else has. Do you think at any point in your career, whether it's now, whether it's a year from now, whether it's 10 years from now, you'll want to take a step back from coaching and training as much as you do and, and sort of have other people help? Or do you think that you want to do this as long as you can? Well, I would like to do it as long as I can. If there are qualified people that come my way, I'm more than happy to explore. That's probably the how, kicker, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just how can we explore getting them in? Because as we know, when you have a sub, but you're not there, they don't go. Yeah. So, you know, if we can find some qualified people that the members can relate to and enjoy taking their classes and are training with them, that makes our lives so much easier. Sure. And, and so, I mean, thus far, Amy, our conversation has just been how do we operate and how do we grow and how do we do a little bit bigger, a little bit better? Big picture this with me for a moment. What do you see as the longer term vision here? with this business that we're going to continue to grow that we are going to find qualified people that are going to bring maybe different aspects of the business in so that we can partner together and continue to grow yeah and it's funny like we said with with that hybrid term i think even in our industry the word growth can mean a million different things you know and so what is what does that mean for you is this more members is this more services is this more well, revenue is this more locations what does that look like it's definitely it's always more memberships which is going to bring more revenue i think that's what we all want however in regards to services i would like to see some outside services that mesh with our business to be offered within our facility I don't see multiple locations. Again, not right now because of finding qualified people. Yeah. Yeah, that's certainly a, a roadblock. It, for it sure. is. And that's not on my, my goal of growth is to open multiple places. Yeah. I'm keeping the one I have now. And, and, and just absolutely maximizing what you guys can do within this facility. Is that right? Exactly. No, if we can bring in a massage therapist, if we can bring in somebody with Reiki, you know, if there's a lot of different avenues that we could go, then we could. Got it. Amy, 
I think that's a pretty good place to start to wrap things up. We're, we're running a bit shy on time here, but before we get out of here, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they could learn a little bit more about this. Is there a website? What are those social media links that you mentioned? How can people find you? Sure. So our website is bfwstudio.com. My Simple. phone number, yeah, phone number 413-885-1633. And on Facebook, it is under Amy Marshall, A-I-M-E-E, and or Berkshire Fitness and Wellness Center. Straightforward and easy. Connect with Amy and the Wellness Center on as many of these platforms as you like. Amy, I really appreciate your time. I think these types of conversations amongst the business ownership community are rare, but incredibly valuable where people are willing to be a little bit vulnerable and, and talk about what we're still working on, where we're trying to improve, because I think that leads to some real solutions. And so I can't thank you enough for your time. I'm excited to see what this future growth looks like for you. And I'll certainly be cheering for you. How's that sound? Great. Thank you so much for having us. Having Absolutely. Me. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry. Click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is the one and only Kyle with Frequency Jiu-Jitsu out of Texas. Kyle, what's going on today? How you doing, man? Happy Wednesday. Not bad. How about yourself? How you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Every day is a good day on this end. And, uh, you know, we're excited to have you on. But before we dive into the nitty-gritty and what you have going on at Frequency, you know, first, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you get started in the first place? So starting with how I got started, um, yeah, I've been doing the jujitsu for 14 and a half years now. And um, I started at age 20. I, um, and so the whole time I was going to college, which was a while, and, and later on in life, I would tell people I use college as a good excuse to train more. You know, because when you're a college student, you have a weird schedule anyway. And uh, uh, to train like a full-time fighter takes a lot of um, training or a lot of, a lot of time, space allotment and things like that. So, yeah, a long time ago, I, you know, while I was going to college and uh, just training anywhere from 10 to 12, 15 times a week, every week without fail um, for a very long time. And um and people would ask me, it was like, well, you know, when you get a job, because again, all through college and all that, right? And so people were like, well, when you get a job, what are you going to do? And I would always be like, honestly, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But 
if money was no op, you know, wasn't an issue, then I would choose to own a Brazilian jiu-jitsu school. You know, because you have it in your head, you're supposed to go out there and do a normal job and this and that. And, and so I never had in my head that I could have my own school for a while there, even though I was training as much or more than anyone I've ever known. And um, so I ended up getting a job later on in life, around 25, I think, as a high school math teacher. And I do that for one year. And then after that, I end up going back to school again to start looking into medical stuff. I was thinking about becoming a doctor, actually, at that point. And I, I was not enjoying being back in school and uh, because of, I knew what I really wanted. And for years and years and years, I always knew what I wanted. But then it was just a matter of saying to myself, you know, more or less, don't be a pussy. Do what you really want to do. And so uh, I just decided to stop going for the medical route and all that. I decided to put all the money I had into just went all in on the school. And uh, by that point, I was a black belt and I was just a year away from being a first degree, which in jujitsu, you have to understand that we start with just being a black, normal black belt, whatever that means, just a zero degree, you could say. And then from there, it goes first, second, third, et cetera. Well, it's, it's three years for the first three, you know, to get to the next one it's a long time and uh yeah so it just it was a long time to to get to this point and then i've been here and uh and anytime there's been issues like the whole covid stuff and all of that it's like i always kind of end up doubling down you know and putting myself more into the school because to me it has been the most important positive decision i've ever made i love it I love it. That's an awesome story there. And you know, the fact that he literally almost went totally left and went to become a doctor and took him right back into it. I mean, that, that, that's yeah, it, amazing. It was absolutely completely left because, you know, again, first, you know, you have it in your head that you're supposed to be this, you're supposed to be that, you know, people tell you you're supposed to go to college to do this or that. You're supposed to reach these certain levels because, you know, nobody really, or at least I, I never got into martial arts with the concept of being rich. You know, you get into becoming a doctor with the idea, I'm going to make a good living and have all these available opportunities potentially in the future, but, you know, owning your own business in general, and then for something that's even more niche and specific like martial arts. And then there's really two different types of martial arts. You have one that there's basically no sparring and you have the type that there is sparring. The ones that have sparring are going to be more competitive. Those, those are going to be schools that will be, you know, more willing or apt to go out to do comp competitions and things like that. And then types of schools, depending on martial arts and things, if they never go into the competition realm or if it's a point system only and things like that. But there's another extra layer of filtering that occurs with a martial arts school if there's real sparring of some kind in jujitsu and, you know, submission wrestling. We call it rolling. But it very much is a filter because, you know, people will come in and they'll do the class and they'll just think jujitsu is the greatest thing on earth until right when the real part happens. And that's just us, you know, rolling and sparring. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you know, like you could tell they're just like their ego is bruised. And one thing happens to one type of person where, what you know, their ego is bruised. They don't want to come anymore. And then you have another type of person that thrives on it. They love it. And it becomes one of the most important things in their entire life. But that's a less yeah. common person. And so, you know, with jujitsu having that nature about it, of having that filtering process, if you want to keep it, you know, on the real side of things, 
then um, you don't get into it, I don't believe, for the money, unless you're like, you know, a big name, like some big UFC fighter or something, you know, but I'm not that. Yeah, 100%. And so now to dive a little bit deeper into the business here, uh, and we'll, we'll start with the bare bones basics here. Um, how many members are you guys at currently? Uh, I would say around 40. So I would qualify myself as a small school. I would love to work myself up to be in a medium-sized school, which to me, a medium-sized school is anywhere from 80 to 100 people, maybe up to 110. Okay. And then anything beyond 110 or so, that starts getting into the larger size schools. Um, yeah, I mean, it's fine being a small school for now, but again, I would like to work my way up to being a medium-sized school. I feel like that would be good for where it's gonna have that balance of having income that makes you comfortable, but at the same time, I would be able to give the personal touch to the grouping of people I would have. Once it starts getting to a certain number, you know, you can only get to so many people. Yeah. Teaching, in other words, teaching isn't scalable. Of course. I think that's something that, especially with in your demographic, your, your niche specifically, it's something, it's a little different for sure than a traditional gym. And so, um, now, let's say if I came in, right, I use myself as the avatar. If I came in, Colin, I'm like, hey, man, I'm ready to rock. Like, let's get started. Uh, what would I then have to pay to become an active client? Yeah, so for us uh, <coughs> here, it is month to, for one adult. It's month to month for 165 a month. That worked good. Anyways. Telemarketers. I'm sure. calling frequency on Eighth Avenue in Fort Worth. Give your name, number, and a brief message, and we'll get right back to you. Thanks. Okay. Anyways, could you remind me of your question? Yeah, yeah. If I came in and I, I, I was ready to rock, oh, yeah, I'm ready to price. go. Okay, so for us, it's month to month for one sixty-five a month. Six-month option is one fifty-five a month, and then one-year option is one thirty-five a month. All of those are for unlimited training. And then we also have a free week trial. And uh, as far as how that relates, um, I would say that's in the medium scale of prices around here. You have uh, some people like Looters, I think he's in the 200s. And then um, you have other people that are gonna be on the lower end that might be closer to 100. So we would be somewhere in the middle. Awesome, awesome. It's good that you know your competition as well. I think you know, that surrounding is definitely gonna Help me set aside, and obviously, you don't want to become a commodity at that point. I think, especially with what you guys offer, the value is there, right? And I think that's something with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you, your presence should be expected to be a little higher than a typical gym, anyway. So, that's so, actually, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's actually somewhere I went wrong at first. So, at first, I priced myself way too cheap for sure. When I first started this school, I was pricing myself at $100 when I should have already been pricing myself as something closer to 165 because it is a smaller building, smaller location, but I do provide very high-end quality. In order to properly pay everything, make everything comfortable and healthy, you got to price yourself in a certain way that at the beginning, I didn't look at it that way. I would look at it like one of those things where it's like, no, 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 I need to be the cheapest guy and try to put work as hard as I can and all those kinds of things. And over the years, you start to realize just how damaging that can be to yourself. And so it really wasn't until within like 
last year or two that I started to what I would qualify as saying pricing myself more accordingly and putting myself mentally in, in certain categories that are more accurate. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's good. You, I mean, it, it, you, you go through trial and error to realize that, or you, you find out from advice per se. Right. And so I think the fact that, you know, sometimes it takes that experience to get there is totally okay. And so to continue on clients here, Kyle, for you, what has been the best practice for finding new clients? Yeah, so that's actually something funny. Um, a student of mine, he's like, so how do you market? <laughs> and it's like, do you do like online stuff where you're posting on Facebook ads and all that kind of stuff? And I've tried and failed at a number of things. So a lot of trial and error. And the things that work by far the most are people finding me off of Google people passing by and seeing the sign and they had already been interested in trying martial arts. So I have a sign that just says martial arts instead of jujitsu. That way it's simpler for the average person to know immediately what category it's in. And the third would be um, word of mouth. Now here's what I've, and I think that's gonna be true at most places. I think most places they're gonna find most of their people by, because you know someone was looking for them. And which I mean, most of those people are going to find Google, go through Google, but anything similar, search. And then, you know, otherwise people just may happen to see you, you know, from street visibility. And the reason I believe that's true, as opposed to something like, you know, if you have a product and you put it out there, you may get impulse buys. But again, when it comes to something that has sparring, and if you offer a free week trial, which most places do, some, anywhere from a week to a month, depending on the place, then within a week, a person is gonna find out how much they either love or hate rolling. And so you're not going to just talk someone into training. You're not gonna talk someone into loving to get beat up. It just doesn't work that way. It, it never seems to work that way. It seems to be that either a parent may make their kid do something, now that may happen, but a person will always choose to, um, to make themselves as happy as possible, right? So again, some people thrive off of that. So they end up loving jujitsu. They'll do anything to keep doing it. They'll go, they'll bend over backwards. Some people I've known work 80 hour work weeks and they will find time early, early in the morning or late, late at night to train. You know, like some people do absolutely anything to keep training. But most people, the average person really won't. They'll, they'll do almost anything to maintain their ego and not feel like, oh, these people are going to beat the crap out of me. You know, because the ones that love it also know that they can become that one day through enough training and, all, and learning and all these things. One day I can become this thing that is tearing me up, right? So they love it. But then again, yeah. so I, again, with this world, I just don't think you talk people into it. I don't think you trick anyone into it. I don't think there's any schemes or anything. I think it's just like, here it is. Try to have good ratings on Google. Try to, whenever someone does walk through the door or, or if someone calls, you know, you got to answer or you got to call them back. You know, that's something that I've been told where people are like, they called me, I called them back and they're like, you know, you're the first person to call me back. And so it's kind of funny how that, that's kind of a thing. And so I think that's just an element of laziness, you know, and, and, and for sure, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you know, and so then it's just a matter of 
because like I wouldn't say that I'm a name so I wasn't really a big name to market you know like looter like looter has looter jujitsu right whereas I'm frequency jujitsu because I'm more about the school and the the as a whole rather than making it about myself and that makes it a different type of environment I'm going for a different type of person and so hopefully over the course of time I find my tribe my people kind of thing by Mark. Now, so the thing that I'm missing as far as marketing goes that I know I'm missing is I need to make more videos. I need to make, start making videos and have a YouTube presence at the very least and start getting some things like that because YouTube can enhance the Google, right? Because Google owns YouTube. And simultaneously, I can start presenting myself to showcase what this school is about because until you're in here, you really don't get a great idea of what this school is about. And so I could do, I could definitely do a better job of presenting what this place is about. And the way this place is versus other schools is I like to treat this place. And I like to tell people, I call it <clears throat> an academic bar. So why do you go to a bar? You know, the alcohol is going to cost more than just going to the liquor store and picking up a bottle. You go because you like the atmosphere. You like the camaraderie, the people you get to engage with things like that. And so that's the part where I see it as like a bar where I create a comfortable, cool, you know, I got lighting here, there's blue lights all over and all sorts of things. And, and I try to create like a relaxed environment that makes some, a person feel like they can just really let loose and, and unwind from whatever their day was or is about to be, you know? And yeah. then, the academic part, of course, is instead of serving liquor, I'm serving knowledge, you know, and so between the atmosphere, the environment, the people and the knowledge, hopefully the type of person that's going to enjoy that, which I think without being too arrogant, I think the people that like to be here are slightly tilted on the smarter end. They like the academic side of things more. They like the extra, extra details. Yeah, 100%. Obviously, you would know your demographic better than anybody. And, and, and let me ask you this then. So would you say the majority of your clients or, or people who, who do come to the gym, um, would you say they're actively looking to do competition? And uh, would you say that they're looking to do this as more of like a weight loss thing or more of like a, like, what's the, what do they go to? Because people go to the gym for weight loss, right? Muscle gain, whatever it may be. What do you, would you say is their reason to come to your gym? So I would, I tell people that I'm not a competition school in the sense that I never, ever, ever try to force anyone to compete. I never try to push it down anyone's throat. When you go to what would qualify as a competition school, it's almost like you're more or less going to be forced or bullied or coerced or something. And like, we got to get out there. We got to get out. We got to hit our numbers. We got to all those whatever's. I have a couple of, you know, I have a handful of people which are usually in their 20s. Most people that like to compete are in their 20s or younger. But most adults that like to compete are in their 20s. Um, if they want, they'll be like, because I'll get flyers and all that stuff through the mail and everything for all the local competitions that are coming up. And then I just lay them out where people can see them. And without me saying a word, they can pick and choose what they want to do when they want to do it. And they'll tell me, and they're just like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, we're doing this competition. I'm like, all right, let's go out there. And then when we do go out there, they seem to do very well. But, um, I, I, again, there's, there's a whole nother type of person that has zero interest in com competing. 
They only want to come in here and learn and interact and engage with people. And usually that's someone that's in their 30s, 40s, you know, and 50s. Um, a little more rare to start hitting those older numbers, but not at all impossible at all. But um, yeah, yeah, they'll usually because some people do love to compete even you know into much older ages because you get to compete with your own age groups for the most part things like that depending on the competition but um i, I would say a good majority of the people that like my environment are just wanting a good training session and then a handful of people that like this environment also like to compete and so i don't i uh I go out there with them and coach them and all that stuff. I would say most places that are more grungy, you know, and a little on the rough side, you could argue, um, those are going to be the ones that are going to attract a younger, tougher crowd that is going to be more prone to competing, especially if they're, if they're more or less pushed into it, which, again, I don't do that. No, 100%, which I'm sure your clients appreciate. Um, and so one last question for you here, Kyle, you know, what's the bigger picture? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? Yeah. So for me, you know, it, it, I love, like, I believe that my teaching schedule and style and all that is far more similar to being a professor than it is to being a teacher. And by, you know, like, so like if you're a college professor, you have like this all over the place kind of schedule it's not like a set in stone uh you know and then you get the summers off whereas when you're a high school teacher middle school or all that kind of stuff you know it's like you come in at eight you leave at 3 30 you know this is your schedule you have seven classes blah 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 and there's those are very different styles i love the professor style of teaching i find it very um, purposeful it gives me a lot of reason to wake up in the morning and so really everything is centered around just making my life as much about that as I can. And so I'll have, I do have other things to develop the financial aspect of, you know, things to make things more comfortable over the course of time. And um, which I can talk about more here in a second if you'd like, but really I'm trying to set it up so that I can always just feel financially secure and focus as much as I can on the teaching and being that, that role, you know, of the professor and all that kind of stuff, because it is what I value the most by far. So that's the long-term goal. As far as how to accomplish that, what I've done, like COVID, when that hit, and then, you know, my numbers dropped like anyone, and everything became so stressful. And I started to think to myself, it's like, you know, as time goes on, you know, okay, so I'm like in my 30s, let's say I live to be 100, which is perfectly, you know, so then let's say 60 or so years left. It's like, all right, well, the idea that something else may occur that's terrible, that screws things up, is possible. So what if I created a second business that blends with this somehow? It's, it's somehow is parsimonious with it so that between the two of them, they can assist each other in any number of ways. And so with a lot of research and various things, I end up leading towards creating a power washing business because for one, you can take the jobs all over the place, evening, morning, things like that. And then a bigger picture I created with that was, you know, when you have a martial arts school, 
like for me as the owner, it's hard enough sometimes for me to even pay myself. But then the idea of paying other people full-time pay is actually pretty hard to come by, quite frankly. But then it's like, if I wanted to create a group of people that I could also provide full-time pay to, how would that look? And so for me, it looks like in the future, I would have teachers that could cover positions that, that are at the same time working with the power washing business. And between the two, they can make full-time pay. They can train as much as they want. They have flexible schedules. They have, you know, a lot of things going on. So the bigger picture is to have those two working together. And I would only ever hire jujitsu people as my workers. I love that. I love that. It's such a, a unique kind of avenue, but it's, it's, it'll serve you well. So Kyle, this is a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, Kyle, man, you know, please shout out your Instagram, your website, your Facebook, anything you may have, where can people find out more about you and the gym? Uh, oh gosh, I'm the worst person on earth to ask about those types of things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually don't know off the top of my head to frequency jujitsu. Um, I feel embarrassed now because I'm not the one that usually covers the, the, those things. I have other people that do that part for me. Um, let me just think about that. Sorry. Okay. Well, no, no worries. No worries. We, we we're, we're, we're here at Frequency Jiu-Jitsu here in Fort Worth. And um, yeah, if you just Google that, you'll definitely find us. That's it. But I appreciate the time and the contribution to the podcast. And we look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. And right, to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, talk about your fitness business within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Josh Paris from The Gym out of Tehachapi, California. What's going on, Josh? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing good myself. Thank you for joining, man. We talked a little bit yesterday over text, and I know you have a cool story that you'd like to share. Um, and, I, and I'm really excited to have you on, by the way. I appreciate you you know, giving some of your time out of that busy gym owner life to be here with us. Um, yeah, but before we do get started here, I would like to know how did you get started? Um, you know, what is it that made you want to start with owning your own fitness facility? 
Yeah, well, what, um, so I live in a small uh, mountain community, so there's probably now a kind of boom, but we have about 40,000 people. And at the time there was only one gym and I was going there for a while and I was kind of, uh, I was an investor in around 2008 when the market hit and everything kind of went down. Um, I was kind of looking for something to do. And then I saw an opportunity to open up a new gym and kind of have my, make my own niche. The gym we have, the other gym we have here in town is kind of like a club and it was kind of like a fancy thing. And so yeah. I made my own niche as like an old school gym. And so what we did is we set up a gym with, um, like an old school vibe with uh, quotes on the walls. We have a lot of hammer strength machines, stuff like that. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So I would love for you to give the listeners, I mean, your own elevator pitch of the gym and the services that you have to offer. Yeah. So um, what's cool about our gym is uh, we're a small, like I said, me and my wife own it. So I'm there every day. And uh, we basically, we have about 5,000 square feet of uh, hammer strength machines. We have about 80 machines. Um, we got a cool vibe. We got positive quotes on the walls. Um, my biggest thing that I, uh, that I like about our gym is it's personal, personable. You know, we, we don't judge who you are. We accept all kinds of people. Yeah. Um, all we ask you to do is just be real. And uh, if you have any questions, like people will spot people that don't even know each other. It's kind of like that. There's no like, you go to some gyms and there's like a little group and they make you feel uncomfortable and right. you don't know and blah, blah. And we just don't accept that. But that's, that's just unacceptable. And, you know, on the walls, we probably have like at least 30 or 40 quotes and, you know, people read them and it means something to somebody different every day, man. So it's like a lot of people will be like, bro, I'm glad you put that on there because, you know, I was going through this and, you know, at the end of the day, man, we're all going through something. So when you go to a place that's real and they're not fake, it tends to be kind of like a therapy place too. You know, we have a couple of quotes saying it's about therapy. It's not always about getting buff, this mm -hmm. and that. Cause at the end of the day, if you're not mentally good with yourself, man, it's life's a struggle. Definitely. And, and how long ago did you start your, um, your fitness facility? Uh, we opened up April of 2014. 2014. Awesome. I don't know if you know the actual statistic, but most gyms don't even make it to their fourth year. So the fact that, you know, not only made it to through COVID, but, you know, up to your seventh, eighth year coming up. Um, you know, that's something to be proud about as well. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Of course, of course. So you're offering pretty much a 24-7 all-access facility. Um, that leads me to my next question about how many members are you currently serving right now? Uh, we have about 850 members right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, cool. and, our tra and our traffic through our, the usage on our gym is we probably hit about 150 a day. Uh, the weekends fall off tremendously because people leave town for the weekend. Definitely. And so you are sitting at about 850 members. I do always like to ask, is that a number that you guys want to stop at? Or are you trying to hit the gas right now and see some new faces? Um, you know what? We're, yeah, we're in the process of building a new building. So we're going to definitely be hitting that within the next year. And some of the other services that we're going to be offering. Okay. Okay, cool. And, and since you are, you know, wanting to see some new faces to a certain degree, um, sell more, some, sell some more memberships. What are you kind of actively doing right now to aid that growth process? You know, I'm going to be honest about this being a, a small business and just my wife and I owning it. It's, it's about being real, you know, it's about being personable with people. And, um, when you live in a small town, like I do, you just got to be real, you know, and honest with people and stuff. And some people might not, not like to hear it, but, at the end of the day, they'll realize you're just being real and honest with yourself. And that means a lot in a small town. So that's yeah. a big thing that I work on is just being real with everybody. 
say hi to everybody. Cause like I said, word of mouth is, is my advertising. I mean, I sell sweaters and clothes like that at basically cost. So it's walking advertisement, but um, we've been around for so long that, you know, it's pretty, it's yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And community outreach and referrals is huge. People don't really realize that for, you know, any gym, it's important so that you could build like a strong baseline of memberships that you won't lose throughout the years if anything happens. Um, but the one thing that I would say that is like a downside of word of mouth referrals, community outreach is that it's really hard to one track those numbers and track where the members are coming from. And then two, make a game plan for growth out of that, right? Because let's say last month, you were able to get, you know, 10 to 15 new members through word of mouth. You can't really guarantee that the coming months ahead will be the same rate of consistent growth. Um, have you ever tried anything like like paid advertising, Facebook ads, Instagram ads? Well, I'm going to say this. Uh, being in a small town on Facebook, uh, you could do nine out of ten things positive and give people discounts and help people. But that one time you do something wrong, they go on Facebook and they want to say this and that. You know, Josh did this, Josh burned, you know, so that kind of stuff in a small town, like I don't need to advertise on Facebook like that. Cause like, honestly, I, I, in our town, Facebook is like, is no good because when people are sitting there in the middle of the day, have something to say, and obviously you should be working doing something with yourself, not on Facebook at 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I mean, it, it's all, you know, up to different perspectives, but I mean, at least just from what I see and talking to a lot of gym owners, Facebook, even in small towns, and I don't think you have a small town, by the way, I, I talk to people who, you know, run gyms and run ads in towns with 8,000 people, oh, wow. you know, 10,000 people. I, I literally yeah. was talking to someone yesterday who was able to scale his membership and get, um, he, he ran a small gym, small town, 8,000 people, and he was getting five, you know, five sales a week. Um, which, which is big for him for his small gym, yeah. Yeah. Um, all through Facebook advertising. And it kind of just, you know, at the end of the day, it's a tool that you could choose to use or not. Um, but when it comes to, you know, running a business or trying to automate certain things like oh. lead generation, right. And getting people coming in the doors at a consistent basis. Well, ads are the best viable thing that, I mean, Facebook is still the place to get the cheapest lead costs. Um, but the fact that you've grown to 850 through word of mouth, that's pretty unbelievable. And it shows proof of product, right? It shows proof of value. Well, uh, I was want to say this is that we offer online signups. Okay. So we don't have to be staffed. And uh, once we did that, I mean, we generated, I mean, I would probably say at least a couple thousand dollars a month through the online signups. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? But, the, but I, my point is that I'm not saying that I haven't advertised in Facebook. Uh -huh. Okay. Cause I have, um, but it's not something I do consistently. Um, you, you know, I, I just gotta, when you, when you're, when you have your own gym and you care enough about what you own and what you're providing and you believe in yourself enough, like when you're positive enough, cause that's what I, I I'm always positive. My, my, my biggest thing is say have a positive day, you know, and then talk to people a little bit about some, if they want to talk about personal stuff, cause at the end of the day, owning a gym, you're a therapist. Yeah. Being a personal you're solving trainer, problems. You're solving you're problems for people. You're a therapist. Yeah. yeah. Trainers, you're a therapist. I mean, that's 10% of, of your clients will want to get after it. The other 90% need someone to talk to, you know? So if you understand the game, you know, cause at the beginning I would kind of fight the, the whole Facebook thing, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. a lot of people and, do. Yeah. And then, and then I would, 
I would do the advertisement, then I would get mad because people would say something about me or whatever. And I'm like, oh, forget that stuff. But I think I got to the point because uh, in 2020, I had uh, found, I got walking pneumonia turning into sepsis. And so basically I was in a coma for five weeks, lost a hundred pounds, uh, had around a walk-in talking, I did dialysis, a feeding tube. And then, so basically I had all these doctors telling me that I shouldn't be coming home. I did. But when I came back to my gym, I saw things differently. And then what I'm trying to get at is this, when you open your gym, be real, be who you are at the beginning. Don't be fake. If you start making some good money, don't start buying a car. That's not you because people will respect you when you're being real of who you are, because at the end of the day, you can only be fake for so long. And so after I came back from the hospital and had that experience and met God and all this stuff, and it's been such a crazy ride that I, I have to be honest and have to be real with people and people appreciate that. Yeah, good for you. And, and a, a crazy story how, you know, walking pneumonia is something that isn't, isn't rare, right? Like pe- people could, could get walking pneumonia pretty easily. So, so that's crazy that it turned into that. And, and not only that, but you came back from it and now you're at a healthy place, have a different mindset. Um, so, so really happy for you on that. Um, but cool. So a question that I do like to ask, just because I think it's a good way for you to reflect on the past years that you've been a gym owner um, but what was something that was easier than you thought and something that was more difficult than you thought when it came to running your fitness facility? I like to start with the difficult part first. So what was difficult, you know, when it, when it came to running your business, what was like, oh man, I, I wasn't expecting this or, you know, getting members was harder than I thought, you know, something like that. Well, I'm going to be, be real with you. The, the biggest problem I had was women being a, you know, a nice guy and, you know, women kind of liked me. It was a problem. And I'm married. And so you got to when you open up something like that and you're an outgoing person and people find you attractive, you got to you got to be real with yourself because then you start doing stuff that you're going to regret. And then, again, owning a business and doing things that you shouldn't be doing, man, are going to come back and bite you in the butt. For sure. But, but like I said, once you're real with yourself, man, that's things totally change, totally change. Um, that was probably the hardest thing. Uh, but after I got sick, it ain't even a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the easiest thing honestly man was in the small town when we were working out at the other gym I thought people weren't going to come to my gym because they either didn't like talk to me when we worked out or you know because there was that kind of that click over there and um, I was surprised on how many people came over to my gym that I've actually went on Facebook and like had to, to say said something about me and then come over and pay my monthly bills which I appreciate it very much yeah yeah, yeah. and if you could wave let's say a magic wand here, a magic business wand and have your business be in the exact position that you want it. Um, what would that really look like to you? Like the perfect, the perfect, the gym. Yeah. So we're in the process of building that. So basically it's going to be about a 5,000 square foot, maybe 5,500 square foot open gym area. And then just, you can kind of think of it as like a rectangle. Um, and then basically at one end, we're going to have an open, uh, like a garage door for the swamp cooler. And then we're going to have a 33 foot by 45 foot covered outdoor sports area. Cause out here it's really windy. We have a lot of windmills and it gets cold. Yeah. So people don't really have like, you know, volleyball cause we're going to have volleyball, basketball, and indoor soccer. Okay. And then uh, on the left of that, we're going to have the two or three batting cages. So basically we're going to have three different incomes instead of just having one. We do sell yeah. drinks right now, but drinks are basically, you're, they're, they're there for convenience. I mean, there's no money in drinks. Right. Yeah. No, no, I agree. More so in supplements. I mean, I, I've heard of 
some big box facilities who push personal training, group training, and they include supplements in their sales process. They're pulling in like 30K a month just by selling supplements. But 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 that's a whole nother part. Did you buy, um, you purchased your facility already, the new facility. So it's already under construction on the move here. Yeah, yeah. So we own the lot and we've already paid for the steel building. Uh, we had to adjust on some things because uh, we had a setback. We were going to be able to get the lot next door to make a bigger gym. Um, but that fell through. Um, so we had to go back to the drawing board, make a smaller building and stuff like that. But yeah, it's definitely, um, we're, we're trying to find a dirt guy right now to do some work for us. We're just having a hard time finding people that want to work right now. <laughs> I think that's everywhere right now. It, it's insane. Um, I mean, what's the timeline look for you to get to that new spot? Well, I'm shooting for next spring. Next spring. So okay. yeah, we already, yeah, I already have the plans pretty much of what we're going to do. Um, but yeah, spring of next year is going to be, cause my building's going to be ready in October. So, okay. I mean, they're going to be shipping that building in October. So we got to be ready. Just curious, how's the the financials? Are you paying, you know, more to, cause obviously you're upgrading buildings, but you're buying the land. So it's a, a little different cause sometimes the more mortgage will, will go down more if you buy the land, but you are moving into a bigger building. How, how does that work? Well, um, we were lucky enough to have an investment, a couple of investments that we did. So we 1031 exchanged it. Um, but with the steel building though, we've already paid for it in September. So we paid for like a 10,000 square foot building, but because the price has almost doubled since then, them redoing our building, we're still saving a bunch of money um, than what we would pay like right now because they've had my money since September. So they worked with us. So it was really cool that they worked with us. Cool. But yeah. Cool. So, I know. Sorry, go ahead. So on the finance part, um, we're trying to do as much as we can on our own because we have a couple investment properties. So we're trying to do a HELOC off of it and kind of do as much as we can. And at the end of the day, we'll definitely have a mortgage on it, but it's going to be probably half of my rent. At so your rent, current spot. Yeah. In my current spot, the building is junk. Right. So. Yeah. In California, I mean, the prices per square foot is just ridiculous these days. Oh, it's, I mean, this is probably one of the, and this is another thing that hampers my business is this building is garbage because I'm not going to put a bunch of money in, inside of it because I'm already getting my own, you know? So right, that's right. one thing you have to realize, like on my niche, that's why I did this was I did an old school environment gym. So I bought pretty much everything refurbished or used, fixed it all, cleaned up myself, did all that kind of work and then had that vibe. Because if you go and do like a brand new gym, then you're always going to have to keep it brand new. And then even with prices going up, you're going to have to pay those prices. So I kept the niche as like an old school. So if things kind of look a little tad bit older and they still work perfectly, then that's my niche. So. Awesome. Awesome. And I know the plan once you move to this new facility is to add a couple different layers of service. What, what does that look like to you? What type of stuff will you be adding on? So what's going to be cool is we're going to have like an indoor walking track. We're going to have a, cause what I'm real big on is, I think what you got to do is you got to believe in yourself and everything that you believe in. So like, I believe that kids should not be going to the gym with their cell phones or their devices or whatever. They should be working out. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a little area for the kids, like a rock wall and have like, and then the kids can go into the outdoor sports and kick the ball around. Cause we're going to have basketballs for young kids. And then for the adults, we're going to have like leagues. It's going to be like a mom and daughters against each other on a Wednesday night you know, in soccer, stuff like that. So we do want it to be family oriented, but we want the kids to be getting after it, not on their phones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you ever thought of adding in um, 
like group training, personal training, semi-private into your business model? Well, I do have a personal trainer right now and I do some personal training. Um, I've, I've found throughout the years, it's, it, you have to really find a go-getter personal trainer to yeah. really build clientele. Um, my gym isn't the type of gym where people go to come get training. They do, we do have training and they do come for it, but um, it's just, that's, that's just not our niche. But going to the new gym, all my members have told me they, they want me to keep the gym the same vibe. So it'll be a brand new building, but we're gonna still have the old school vibe in there. And I think I'm gonna kind of keep it the same. Small group training, I'm setting the gym up for that, for one to three people. And we're gonna space things accordingly, like chest in a certain area, legs in a certain area, et cetera, so. Yeah, I mean, that's really where the money's at as like a big box facility. I know know of a lot who, who they have, they do group training and they'll have semi-private as like their, their top tier membership. And then they just kind of funnel members across the three memberships. So they, they'll start them at a regular membership, get them into group training, um, sell them into personal training. Um, once they get into personal training, they'll include supplements in the sales process. Like, hey, you know, I know you're trying to reach these goals of losing 20 pounds in the group training, you know, isn't really working out for you. Um, let's, let's do personal training. Let's, you know, get you in here. And here's these, you know, of course, of course, I'm, I'm doing a little wishy-washy here, but yeah. they'll include supplements within the process so that they can reach their goals. Because when you think about it, you know, how many people at your gym are buying a protein at least or a BCA or a pre-workout, you know, some vitamins. So it's like if you could not only include it in your gym, but give your members a reason to buy it, um, you know, it, it makes it all that much better for you, gives you a whole another stream of revenue. Um, and that would even be smart with semi-private, right? Because semi-private is technically like more of an exclusive um, type of, of membership because you're it's only two to three, maybe four people. Um, usually it's pretty tailored workouts towards the individual. So even that's something where you might be able to, you know, sell some supplements in as well to add that extra stream. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I've always kind of sold myself short on that because um, I've never really kind of, believed in one supplement line enough to go and sell yeah. it you know and, and, and supplements I are it could a lot of them are bad brands you know a lot of them so you don't want to be giving selling your your customers your members you know bs you know and and this is the thing like my approach is a little bit different than other people yeah. of course i do it for the money totally but i only do what i believe in 100 percent. you know yeah. like I was, I've had supplement companies come to my gym like, hey, you know, let's do this. We'll work you a great deal. And it all sounded fantastic, but I'm not really, I don't take a lot of that stuff. So I don't know it enough to sell it. So listening to you talk about that, maybe I should educate myself on that because it is a, a positive revenue stream for sure. And, and for semi-private, I mean, I'd say that's even more of a positive revenue stream than supplements. What's kind of your plan to, to grow that side of your business? Gosh, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I really didn't think about that. But now that you planned that seed in my head, I'm going to figure out how I can incorporate that into the new gym for sure, man. I just got to yeah. figure out what good supplement companies are out there and then kind of, I guess, kind of look at reviews and stuff. But I think that'll be a good avenue because like I said, right now I'm kind of doing like, to be honest, man, I do free personal training. Like in like right now, I, like, I train a couple of people that are kind of handicapped. So you know, they're willing to pay, but I'm like, okay, well, I'll train you for 45 minutes. And then you just come to the gym and clean the machines for 45 minutes. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of built a little bit differently. I like to give a lot and I do, I do get taken advantage of, but uh, I do definitely get taken care of for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and I talked to a lot of gym owners too. And, and you know, I think a, a lot of people just kind of forget to ask their members, like, would you like the surface? Would you get into it? You know, send out a mass email, like, Hey, or would you be interested in semi-private personal training? But I bet you, you know, a good number of them will be like, yeah, I would, I would like to, you know, have a personalized workout and someone to give me some type of accountability, you know, maybe nutrition guidance or, or just guide them along their goals. Um, um, so yeah, so ha- happy at least I could toss that idea out there. Yeah. But cool. So, so we know what you want for your business now, right? We know that you have a passion for your members, your community, um, your outreach, but what is it that you want from your business? What do you want, you know, your business to give back to you, to your family? Um, man, I'm going to be just a great, that's a great, great question, man. Um, that's, that's the reason why I did this gym is because it gives me the freedom uh, to spend time with, I, I have a lot of animals. I have like 10 dogs. Okay. I have koi fish. Uh, I rescue a lot of animals. And so it gives me my time to enjoy my life. You know, a lot of people don't set, step back and enjoy life and realize who they are, you know? So I get a little, I spend a lot of time by myself but with my animals and, uh, I always let my members know, I really appreciate you guys. Let me you know, live the life that I'm able to live. Uh, I'm not rich by no means, but, um, I'm, I'm able to do what I want. So when I do that, I'm rich in my head. So that's, that's good with me. So, yeah. Awesome, Josh. I love it. I love it. And I think that's a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode. Um, but before we do sign out of here, please give a shout out to your website, your social media pages, um, just so the listeners could find some more info on you and your gym. Yeah. Uh, my website is the and my Instagram is positive vibes 24 seven. Awesome. And, and I appreciate you once again. Um, looking forward to seeing what you could accomplish down the road. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. As for the listeners, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.